You like to watch new stuff, right? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new, because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. A new season of The Kardashians starring The Kardashians, of course. And Grand Cayman, Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's all new and it's streaming now on Hulu. Hello and welcome to episode one of Hysteria, a new podcast from Crooked Media. I'm your host, Aaron Ryan. As you listen, you might notice that I'm a woman. You might further notice that none of the voices you hear on this podcast belong to men. That is on purpose. Podcasting seems a little dude heavy, and while I love dudes as much as the next person, Hysteria is designed to be a space where women and anybody who doesn't identify as a man talk to each other. Second, this episode of Hysteria is going to be a little different from a typical episode. I'm joined by all six of my co-hosts, both from the East and West Coasts, so you can get to know all of them. In the future, you'll typically hear from two or three of them at once. There was also some breaking news on Wednesday that came after we'd already recorded most of the show, but because we're devoted to giving you the best goddamn podcast we possibly can, we called the gang back together to weigh in on the huge announcement that Supreme Court Justice Anthony Kennedy is retiring effectively throwing the future of reproductive rights in this country into question. After we tackle that, you'll hear a deep dive into use of the C-word from the Los Angeles crew, as well as the Weekend Sorry from New York, ending on a high note with cultural recommendations from L.A. in a segment called I'll Have What She's Having. There's a lot to talk about, but first, the good news. My name is Blair Imani. I'm an author and activist, and the hill that I will die on is that the first season of Pokemon is based entirely on psychological theory. <laughs> um, more tweets on that later, but it's true. <laughs> nice. Hi, I'm Ziwe Fumudo. I am a comedian, and the hill that I want to die on is that the Jetsons features a world after a black genocide. There are no brown <laughs> characters in that show. Why is that? Think about it, George Jetson. Oh, but Elroy was so cute. I'm just saying he is a white <laughs> supremacist. Hi. <laughs> I'm Alyssa Mastromonaco. I'm an enthusiast. <laughs> and the hill I would die on is that Stevie Nicks is definitely a witch, and I want to be part of her coven. <laughs> no, I just, I agree. I agree with all of these things. I do, too. I mean, I'm sad about the Jetsons, but, but think I agree about with you. It. Okay. <laughs> All right, Hysteria New York, episode one. Guys, I am so happy that we're finally doing this. Um, yesterday was a pretty rough day. This week has been a pretty rough week. Um, but there has been some good news. Mm. So let's start. Has there been? Well, there's, there, there's good news. This, this morning I woke up, and this is what allowed me to get out of bed. I was watching videos of this over and over. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, a 28-year-old activist, has upset the number four Democrat in the House in a primary challenge that she issued from the left. Um, her opponent was a 10-termer who had outraised her 10 to 1. Mm. He had, and she was, she's 28. She could be, I think, the youngest woman ever. She will be, yeah. She her rap name, according to AP, is Young Challenger because all of these giant news outlets refuse to use her name. So I'm just kind of like, Alexandria 
Ocasio-Cortez, a.k.a. Young Challenger, Young Challenger. in the building. Uh, what, YC, what? YC. <laughs> Where am I socialist at? <laughs> <laughs> um, she's a really compelling speaker. I didn't know a ton about her before. I just that, mm. that she was running. Um, and she's, she's really interesting. And her platform was very clear and confidently left which is really fascinating. Uh, very, very much along the lines of what Cynthia Nixon is running for governor on in New York. Uh, so I think it's going to be a real interesting, interesting election. The yeah. white men were lamenting. Shook. Oh, the white Democrats <laughs> in Congress were like, we have a real leadership crisis now in the House. Well, whose fault is that? Exactly. I think, I think it's a... T- oh, sorry. I was going to say the only leadership crisis is that they don't know what the base is about. Like, totally. Democratic voters over and over again are showing that we're more left-leaning, that we're not leaving anybody behind in terms of like um, social equality. And the Democrats and leadership are like, what do they want? And it's like, these things. We're totally. telling you. Yeah. We're telling you what we want. Exactly. It's a testament to the fact that anybody can get fired. Yeah. Sorry. That's Anyone true. can get fired and the hustle matters. Exactly. I will say, though, that Crowley was a class act. In totally. Con- in conceding to her, he, he said he would support her in the general. Uh, and he also played, he had a band, and he played Born to Run and dedicated it to her. And it was a very sweet... Dad, oh, it did. It reminded me a bit of when John McCain conceded to Barack Obama, more like emotional and heartfelt. But it's like, oh, like made me think even more of him. Mm. Yeah, it was, it was, it was a classy move by Crowley and. Oh my gosh! I think that Andrew Cuomo and other kind of establishment should Democrats. be shitting a brick. I can't wait. Yeah. <laughs> the thing though that Round I was up. pissed off about was that Miss Nancy over in California was like, <laughs> just like was. The win of Alexandra was Alexandria was like just a, a footnote in her very long speech or you know written statement about the the men who lost. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because his name a, I will not use. Totally. Well, it's a testament to the fact that she can too be pushed out, and she's. I'm sure she's afraid. I mean, why wouldn't you be? She could be pushed out of leadership. I mean, but you know, absolutely, we're, we're getting a little bit ahead of ourselves. I think the first thing that the thing is most important that we learned mm-hmm. this week, and we're going to get a little bit more into it uh, as we kind of dive into the less happy news, is that it's really important to vote. Definitely, voting matters because we're really behind the eight ball in a lot of different areas. Mm-hmm. So let's get started on the news dive. Um, so. Uh, this is actually the second recording session that the New York City Hysteria crew has had today mm. uh, because the first one was uh, Wednesday morning and we, we had this really bomb-ass conversation and it lasted like an hour and a half and it was just wonderful and then we all went home and got on with our lives and I took a nap and I was awoken from my nap by a ding of my phone which was a text from my co-host Alyssa Mastermonica and the text was... This is apocalyptic. <laughs> OMG, no, OMG. OMG, this, is, this apocalyptic. is apocalyptic. And I think I responded, fuck. Yeah. Fuck. What do we do? Fuck. What do we do? What do we do? But interestingly, what you had said during the first podcast that will probably get edited out of this, you know, final cut is, fuck that guy. Fuck Kennedy. Yeah. Fuck. But you said it ahead of time. And that's why I think you are a wit. <laughs> <laughs> so Anthony Kennedy, uh, Supreme Court Justice, announced today the last day of the term that he is, or this session, that he is uh, retiring. And a little bitch. And he sucks. It, it was just a, it was a real, a real stab to It women, was a real bitch move. To women's rights. I, 
it's it's upsetting for a number of reasons. And I think that if you're listening to this podcast, you probably know that Kennedy was in a lot of cases the swing vote. Um, this is also the two year anniversary of a case in which uh, it was what was it Burwell versus Texas? Yeah. Uh, where the state of Texas uh, actually lost in the Supreme Court in an abortion rights case. And it was considered at the time a big win for abortion rights advocates. Uh, and now on the two-year anniversary, Kennedy is is throwing his withered old middle finger up in the air at that. I was uh, really, really upset because this means that like Donald Trump and his his little... Uh, follow around boy Mike Pence are, are, are going to be able to lap dog. I just uh, yeah, fuck this all. Is, this is worst case scenario. This is worst case scenario mm. that they. It looks like one of them. There's going to be another Supreme Court vacancy, and it it's possible that Donald Trump could fill it before the election, which is when theoretically the Democrats take back the House and possibly the Senate if we do our shit right. I was upset about this because this is very important to me, and I was texting with a male friend. Uh, who who I didn't a mistake he, already yeah a male <laughs> friend what's that no, but he was, he was they're text- antonyms right they don't they don't go together oxymoron, it's not oxymoron. yeah <laughs> he uh, he texted me something he wanted to talk about a, a movie or TV show or something and and I just responded look Kennedy's retiring I can't I can't talk to you about this and he said well what what's the big deal and I was like well you know uh, reproductive rights are are really in the crosshairs right now and he said and this men if you're listening never say this to a woman he said. You'll be fine. And let's be clear. He said this to you, a white woman. I'm a white woman. So it was not, you'll be fine. It was, you'll be Be fine. fine. And, uh, you know, Z-Way, we were kind of chatting about this before. And I think you said something really important. Like, you'll be fine. What does that mean? Well, it's exactly what got us in this predicament in the first place. Mm -hmm. White men who don't have to worry about these issues because they'll be fine. And so they're punishing us. If you have not had your feet in the stirrups, you have no business saying anybody's going to be fine. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And I have to say that when I started tweeting about this, because to me, I mean, I, I, when I was texting with Aaron, I was crying. I'm like, wow, this is actually the thing that we thought wouldn't happen. It could happen, but we mm-hmm. never thought it would happen. Here. And it's like, so all these men start replying to my tweets. And they're like, don't forget about the men. This is this is not the time to I make it about it's you. It's all about the men. That's the reason why we're here. That's the reason why we're in this predicament because it's all about the men all the time and I've lost rights for my body because of men. I mean, here's here's the thing and and Blair, you worked with Planned Parenthood. Mm-hmm. Like I I think I I'm obviously a very privileged person in that I am a childless woman living in an urban environment with a high level of education no you know I, I I'm a decent income I co-sign that right it's, it's <laughs> the thing is it's not the, the the it's not about me being fine it's never been about me being fine and advocacy as somebody who's like been an advocate and an activist like that seems like rule number one of oh being- yeah I mean totally I mean when you go into spaces you're not going into space simply because oh it's inconvenienced you now and you're going to show up now that's some that's the reason why some people show up and I won't knock that because that's a lived experience that's valid but I think that if you're going around doing your advocacy based solely on what affects you and what doesn't affect you then you're going to be missing out and you're really going to be one of those people in history that is remembered for being silent or who isn't remembered at all because your silence and your complacency allowed so much injustice to happen Mm -hmm. Um, but working at Planned Parenthood Mary Alice Carter who was the director 
director of communications at Planned Parenthood. Um, absolutely love Mac. Um, she mentioned that this is a reality for people in Mississippi mm-hmm. and for in people in Arkansas, totally. people um, in parts of Tennessee who have been living in a post row world mm-hmm. um, for ever. You right. know, Roe right. really didn't change this, the the thing for them. And so um, I bought that thought there. I haven't lived that experience. I mean, I, I lived in Louisiana. Um, but things like getting um, admitting privileges and things like these ridiculous laws where at an abortion clinic you have to be able to get a gurney through both ways, which means sideways and front ways. Mm-hmm. So you have these giant doors which cost extra money and just all of these hoops and, you know, things for people to jump through to be able to get healthcare access. So that's a reality that people are already experiencing. But I think out of all of that, like that depressing reality is that's where your funding should go. It uh-huh. should go to your local abortion clinics. Mm-hmm. It should go to Planned Parenthood and it should go to... Planned Parenthood Southeast, like the folks who are fighting these front lines, because it's going to be a cascading effect. Not mm-hmm. everyone's going to be affected equally. Right. It's really going to be a targeted response. And where you are spending your time, effort, and resources should be on places that are going to be hit the hardest, mm-hmm. whether you are affected in those areas or not. Right. Totally. And, and this isn't like I've I felt over the last couple of weeks, and I think that you probably have felt something similar that everything shitty in the world is building up in my body like mm-hmm. poison. It's like the, I, I was in California um, when the recording of the kids uh, being sep- who were separated from their parents came out and I was in a drugstore and I broke down crying and I'm not a person who breaks down crying in public and today was the first time that I felt like all of this was just going to crush me and I, I was tempted to remind myself that it would be okay for me but I almost think it's important for people to lean into it. Well, here's the thing. If you are an empathetic person, which I know you to be, it's not okay for you. Like, are we, can I get an abortion right now if I need one? For sure. But what about the million women before Roe v. Wade was legal who had to be, you know, Francis from Dirty Dancing and went to New Paltz and helped the friend get an abortion? Mm-hmm. Like, that's the, that's the thing. I'm not okay because... I, I know what it means for so many other people. And the fact that, you know, just a few weeks ago here in New York, the Physicians for Reproductive Health had their annual thing, mm-hmm. their annual event, which, you know, last year I got to meet Dr. Willie Parker, who provides abortions. If you don't know who he's he amazing. is, look him up. He, look him up. he <laughs> has super soft hands. He I is met the, him. He's the so nice. best. And there is a reason that that event the location of it is always a secret mm-hmm. because they're always in so much oh, danger. When I was working at Planned Parenthood, part of my job, um, and forgive me, Cecile et al., for revealing these elements, but I think it's all public now, um, is I was helping um, as a press officer below the Mason-Dixon line to keep our newer project secret. So when mm-hmm. we were doing a Zika virus grant before we got that public, mm-hmm. we were literally just knocking on doors to let people know who are trying to get pregnant or who were pregnant that hey zika virus is a thing use a condom even if you're pregnant mm-hmm. and we couldn't we had to be so discreet about that planning process because it was literally people would go to our canvassers uh the the children's schools and harass them harass them at their homes mm-hmm. um and this was during the 2016 election in florida like it was so frightening and me being a visible muslim woman like I had the luxury of leaving, right? I have the luxury of having Planned Parenthood's great security. Shout out to Oscar. Um, but i that's not what everybody has, right? Going into a clinic to just get healthcare and there are people who have all of these grotesque signs. Like, 
and then not being able to even get the services you need, it's already a struggle. It's already a battleground. Well, and that's the thing that I felt like about today is mm-hmm. that that behavior of those people is now somehow sanctioned. Mm-hmm. You know, that it's not – that it's it's like, you know, Donald Trump's racism. You know, before, people may have been as racist as they are now, but they at least knew it wasn't chill to, mm-hmm. like, express it. Right. And, and I think now, it's been people yeah. sure. on the fringes who yeah. have been the folks who have, you know, like grandma and grandpa – asshole who like go to the clinic like or this one man in um, memphis tennessee at a um at a city hall um city council meeting who said that he just didn't want people to have condoms so he didn't want planned parenthood to have a grant and i was like dude yeah you can't even get an erection like be quiet (laughs) you know infuriating it is super infuriating and the thing is like the the party that is advocating so strongly to restrict women's access to abortion especially poor women and women of color those people are not making life easier for mothers. It would be no. one thing mm-hmm. if they were trying to... that's not their to, intention. Yeah, it would be one thing if they were advocating for universal, affordable childcare. expansion to WIC. More yes. funding, more health education. Yep. Breast, breastfeeding classes. Mm-hmm. Like this is not... Diapers. Doula services. Like, there was a, yeah. there was a big, uh, big piece in the New York Times recently about black doulas who work in parts of the South where there's a high mm-hmm. black maternal mortality rate. We have a Serena shame- Williams totally. almost died, totally. y'all. We have a shameful but maternal mortality rate. She's a rate. wealthy... Yeah like well-situated black woman who almost died in childbirth because totally. doctors just don't believe black women and our medical system's racist. Fundamentally, this was never intended to help women, right? I think of it from the perspective of me being like a Nigerian-American. And my parents come from Nigeria, like deeply colonized by the British in like 1800. Shout out to the British. Shout out to the British. <laughs> like I have centuries of trauma and centuries of stamina with this colonialism and this patriarchy, you know? Mm-hmm. And we can overcome this as we overcame Dred Scott, Plessy versus Ferguson, Roe v. Wade. There are so many times in history where people of color, women, have been tested because the institution of the United States is anti-us. Mm-hmm. So we just must I think that's definitely persist. been the response. I think it's similar to after the election where there's a lot of like, and I'm going to talk a lot about white Twitter and black Twitter the entire time I'm on this podcast, so get excited. <laughs> but I think that white twitter is really realizing oh shit it's like you know like Alyssa was saying like it's as bad as we thought it could get it's mm-hmm. one of the worst case scenarios in black twitter i've seen a lot of folks saying stuff like like britney packman who's saying hold on to your joy like we've been through this it's been worse for us mm-hmm. but also people have died in those bad times Definitely. right mm-hmm. but i think that inshallah as you know god willing um in arabic i'm not casting a spell don't worry um, <laughs> I think that God willing, with like the allyship and the accompliceship of folks who have been silent to that oppression in the past, there will be less death. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's going to be a fight. I think it's this is really a time Definitely. where people have to figure out how and where and when they're going to put their privilege on the line totally. for people's lives. And I'm ready to fight because I'm. I feel like as the first black woman at my equinox, I've lived. <laughs> you know, I've lived luxuries, and I'm not going to let that go for some asshole named Kennedy. He gave Kennedy a bad name, and that's the best fried chicken. So so here's, you know, we're, we're obviously, the thing, the thing that I think, 
I think people are going to want to listen to somebody give giving them answers tomorrow or steps that they can take. And the reality is that there's no, we don't know what to do right now. So much so that this afternoon, as soon as this, when we were texting, I emailed Elise Hogue, who is the president of NARAL. And I, the email said, put me in, coach. I'm like, tell me what we need to do. I did and the same thing like, for Erica Sackin at Planned Parenthood. I and they like, love Erica. I will re-enlist in the Federation of That's Planned it. Parenthood. This is, this is, this is it. But, this we is don't, it. but we don't know. That's the thing. No. Like, we don't know what we can do. But I think That's what we true. can do is just like offer, if you have time, if you have a couple dollars and you don't know where to put it, ask questions, right? You want to mm-hmm. be smart about this. We don't want to just dump a bunch of money into the ACLU and, you know, like local organizations could really benefit more. Mm-hmm. There is one thing I believe people can do. Mm-hmm. Call your fucking governors. Yeah. Because you got to call your governors. Because if, those, if they do not have, if abortion is not protected at the state level, and they get flooded with those calls, they will start talking to the senators. Mm-hmm. And I think that that is like the one active thing that we can do. And it's do. summertime. Yeah. Your kids got time. Yeah. Put yeah. some little t-shirts on, some pro-choice Redials. Yeah. Let's go. I mean, you can call people, but I think it's also fair to take a moment to just feel overwhelmed and sad about this. Mm-hmm. Because I think that this is something that's overwhelming and sad. And, yeah. I, and I don't think that you should forget how it feels to be sad in a way that's empathetic for people who are different than you. Well, and here's the other thing, is that... We sit there today. We get I get the breaking news. I'm sitting there doing laundry, and um, I was like, "Fuck, the kids at the border!" Mm-hmm. Like, there's yeah, so forgotten. this is just another layer of things that we have. It's like, okay, so we have like thirty percent for this and thirty percent of our attention for this. And the thing that I thought is like, this is literally too much to bear. Mm-hmm. Like, but the, there's things that we can the, let go of. Right. Like fucking Sarah Huckabee Sanders. Fuck bah, her. Gone. Exactly. I don't give a shit about what she does for, like I didn't in oh, the really? first place. But I think that we really need to think about like, I mean, we need to be continue to hold her accountable. But we can't mm. talk, no more sad sob stories from this it, bitch. No yeah. more. I Bye. Think, I think of um, this administration like the Godfather. Every single time I think it can't get worse, it just keeps pulling me back Why in. does it always go back to Italians? Because that movie's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, so so like I guess we, we probably have to wrap this up because we've got a lot of show to get to today. Uh, a show that has been recorded over the last two weeks. show that was <laughs> recorded without any of us knowing that this would happen, this worst case scenario thing would happen. Mm-hmm. And I can't offer comfort to anybody all i can say is like let remember that you're uncomfortable remember why you're uncomfortable because it's not okay to imagine a future where people are cut off from access to reproductive health care in certain parts of the country but not others it's not okay and we we need to keep that in mind like every single day until we're not in a place where it is fully in danger and blair do you want to add yeah i do want to say that if you are a privileged person and you are in that moment of despair do what the black women always have to do and snap out of it a little, you know, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. we need folks on the front lines. We need folks who have the resources, who have the energy, who have the like the ability to get up and go when the folks of us, the people in our communities who have been told to be strong for so long mm-hmm. when they really need a moment of vulnerability. Exactly. I don't want to see any pictures going around of white women crying on black women's shoulders. Do they I want do folks that? hand in hand marching to the polls marching <laughs> i can't cry I, can't. I, I did all i did my my once every six months last week when i cried about the kids at the border but my tear ducts are refilling yeah, yeah, yeah. as we speak so i'll I'm in a couple months i'll be able to cry on you guys too and also white suburban women who elected donald trump who helped elect donald trump totally we ain't gotta know who you are these Just are the consequences again. Of the election. This is what exactly. happens. This is what happens. And you know, the thing about one, one more final thought about abortion is that people have, people who are against it have a very cartoonish view of what it is 
and who's making the decision and why they're making the decision. And the reality is something that range, ranges from just something that a woman decides it's not time for her to something that is extremely heartbreaking and horrible for her. And this is victimizing women who are already experiencing something in many cases that, that, is, that is traumatic for them. Yeah. I don't want to live in a country that values that. No. I don't. And I don't think we have to. All right. We have to take a break. And we're back. The week in sorry. This episode is brought to you by IQ Bar. Power up your life with superior brain and body nutrition products from IQ Bar. Their plant protein bars are the perfect low-carb breakfast. Their IQ Mix zero-sugar hydration drinks replenish electrolytes. And their IQ Joe mushroom coffees will keep you focused all day long. Start each day right with IQ Bar's brain and body boosting bars, hydration mixes, and mushroom coffees. Their ultimate sampler pack includes all three. IQ Bar empowers doers with superior brain and body nutrition. All their products are entirely free from gluten, dairy, soy, GMOs, and artificial sweeteners. And today, Hysteria listeners get an exclusive offer of 20% off plus free shipping. Just text HYSTERIA to 64000. One thing I love about IQ Bar is, first of all, right now it's really dry where I am. Oh, okay. It is hard for me to stay hydrated. I, mean, I just like, I, I'll just be going through my day and I'll be like, why am I so like... Parched. I'm parched. I'm in a bad mood. I feel like I'm going to pass out. And it's, ah, you got to drink some water. You got to stay hydrated. I really like their IQ Mix Zero Sugar Hydration Drinks because it allows me to rehydrate myself at a time yeah. when I feel like the atmosphere is trying to take all my moisture away. Well, and sometimes you need more than just water. Sometimes you need more more than just water. I also love IQ bars because I love a portable breakfast. I love a grab-and-go breakfast, no dishes. Love something I can walk around holding and eating. I like something I can eat in my car without endangering the lives of me and every other motorist on the road. A breakfast burrito, <laughs> not, not the safest thing to eat behind the wheel. IQ bar, go ahead and do it. Good for you. Great ingredients. Helps you stay focused and alert throughout the day. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, and you don't have to dirty any dishes. Refuel smarter with IQ Bar's Ultimate Sampler Pack. That's seven IQ Bars, four IQ Mix sticks, and four IQ Joe sticks. And now our special podcast listeners get 20% off all IQ Bar products plus get free shipping. To get your 20% off, just text Hysteria to 64000. Get your discount. Text Hysteria to 64000. That's H-Y-S-T-E-R-I-A to 64000. Message and data rates may apply. See terms for details. This episode of Hysteria is brought to you by Viore. Need the perfect Mother's or Father's Day gift? Check out Viore Performance Apparel. Drawing inspo from the coastal California lifestyle, Viore's products inspire others to live vibrant, active lives. I love that they're calling this the coastal California lifestyle. I will embrace that instead of what I thought it was, which was the I only want to wear comfortable clothes lifestyle. Yeah. I have. To, I refuse to be uncomfortable I refu- if I want to be productive. I refuse <laughs> to be uncomfortable, but sometimes I have to look like I belong in a respectable place lifestyle, which is like yeah. Viore is perfect for it because they the clothes look fantastic. They fit great. They are so comfortable. I lie down in mine all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Especially, Erin, the women's performance joggers. They have a slim but relaxed fit and are designed with dream knit stretch fabric. I love my joggers. I've slept in mine. 
I've slept in them. Really? You don't get hot? No. They're very, like, on oh. a, almost like a couch nap. You know, you have, like, a... Oh, yeah. You've got, like, maybe a half an hour in the afternoon. You're like, ooh, I've got a, like, small break. I'm very tired. I'm going to just, like, lay down for 20 minutes. It's yeah. Perfect. Perfect for couch okay. napping. Joggers. I love the leggings. I can work out in them. I can do my errands in them. I can wear them with a proper top to a business meeting. It is not a problem. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, you probably could. Just put yeah, a, a totally. blazer and like— Denim shirt. Denim, denim shirt, oh, blazer, yeah. leggings. So easy. 100%. And, of course, the men's core shorts. They have a classic athletic fit, falling just above the knee, while the Sunday performance joggers are made from recycled performance stretch fabric. I got my dad some men's core shorts. He wears them to mow the lawn. That's perfect. He is, like, I think my my dad is one of those people that just, like, beats the crap out of his clothes. He'll wear them until they're— they look like a security blanket that a 30-year-old yep. still has where it's just like a ball of string and you're like, um, Our dads are the same. Yeah, yeah. But um, my dad has had his for like a couple years now and I think I, I saw him wearing them the other week when I met up with um, family on a, on a short weekend trip and they still looked great. It was like, Dad, your clothes still look new. <laughs> so fancy. <laughs> Viore is offering Hysteria listeners 20% off your first purchase. Get some of the most comfy and versatile clothing on the planet at viore.com slash hysteria. That's V-U-O-R-I dot com slash hysteria. You'll also enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75 and free returns. Go to viore.com slash hysteria and discover the versatility of Viore clothing. You like to watch new stuff, right? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new, because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. A new season of The Kardashians starring The Kardashians, of course. And Grand Cayman, Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's all new and it's streaming now on Hulu. And we're back with The Week in Sorry. Uh, this is a segment for you new listeners, and you're all new listeners because this is episode one. Uh, <laughs> women apologize too much. Mm. I am so sorry. I apologize too much as well. But that gives us a unique expertise when it comes to assessing the apologies of others. So The Week in Sorry is the time in the show when we go through people, corporations, celebrities, any kind of public figure that has been forced to say sorry this week uh, or should have said sorry this week, and we determine whether or not they meant it and if they deserve our forgiveness. I think it's really, you know, for all the apologizing we've done, I think we've we've earned it as women. Um, first, I want to throw to Blair, who's got a story about a woman that we're all calling Permit Patty. So Blair, take it <laughs> You know, not not to gloss over her uh, her Christian name, which is Allison Edel, E-T-T-E-L. Um, <laughs> That's like a, come on. <laughs> Did a writer's room come up with that? They're like, okay, names of women who would call the cops on a black kid trying to sell water. Ready, go. go. Susan. <laughs> Becky. No, I'm kidding. Um, but so she called the cops on a little black girl who's eight years old, a young entrepreneur who was selling bottled water in San Francisco, uh, who was causing a quote-unquote disturbance with her entrepreneurship. She was selling it without a permit, correct? 
Who cares? <laughs> well, I'll tell you who cared. It was Permit Patty. So there's this video of the young girl's mother uh, recording this woman who's calling the police. And I know in this woman's mind, she has the image of the barbecue Becky <gasps> in the background. Ooh. So she tries to crouch behind a little fence so that she can't Sean be Spicer seen. Sean Spicer style. Yeah. Oh. It was hilarious. And so she was like, girl, the whole world going to see you, boo. You can hide all you want. And she did try to hide. And then within hours, Black Twitter was using the hashtag. Not like I feel like it was within 30 minutes. Like Black Twitter was using the hashtag Permit Patty. Got her whole... We found out that she sells weed to dogs uh, without a permit. What? Yeah, I don't know. Wait, if they even I make didn't permits know about for that. the dog yeah, weed. She does. Yeah. Yes, and the weird yes. Thing is- she's like a mad dog cannabis so entrepreneur. She's like, one, she benefits from mass incarceration and the war on drugs by totally. being able to be a white entrepreneur who sells weed. Two, she sells it to dogs. <laughs> Three, and then she has the audacity. The caucasity, if you will, <laughs> to call the police on an eight-year-old black girl yeah. who is selling water and it's hot outside. Melissa just snorted. I snorted. I'm sorry. Anyone who knows me knows I thought that shit was funny. Thank you. Not my joke. It's Black Twitter's joke. Um, shout out to my writer's room. Shout out uh, to my writer's room. That's funny. But I just thought that was wild. Did she Did she yes. issue an apology? I don't care. She, no, she didn't do an apology. She tried to justify herself. Yes, oh. So she got on MSNBC, I think it was, and said... CBS in, News. I CBS News. In full show. makeup. Full makeup. Uh-huh. You don't understand. They were being loud. They were being loud. Ma'am, you sell loud to dogs. Hot, and yeah. it was hot out. And so it was loud and it was hot and people had their windows open and I was distressed. Oh. But I'm sorry. That is not helping. No, that is not. No. Like it's, the thing is, oh my God. Ugh. Also, in this day and age, when do you just not keep on walking? Yeah. They are children that come up to your hip. Keep going. Yeah. yeah eight I year mean, old. All eight-year-olds are annoying. Have you met an eight-year-old? Well, joke's on her because those kids got their trip to Disney World. Ha ha, scam it. Scam So it does have a good ending, even though I think we can all agree that I hope Permit Patty learned her lesson and never does it again. But I think that it's impossible, as Blair has said in the past, it's impossible to really gauge whether or not she meant it until we can see how she Until acts. she stops calling the police yeah. on eight-year-olds and selling dogs weed. She like, needs to take some of that weed and chill out. <laughs> she's wound tight she does <laughs> yeah like if you're you have all this weed in your house and you're like distressed by sounds outside I think the solution is right in front of you <laughs> like cl- you could close your window you could do a little do a little weed is that what the kids yeah, say they, they do it snort some they weed they just do it that's Patties. Nike <laughs> what did we uh, stop using the word toke when did that happen I don't the, know. The late 90s. I don't know. Right around when we stopped saying cast dispersions. <laughs> cast dispersions with my monocle. Oh, you dropped your monocle. <laughs> All right. Z-Way, uh, as I understand, uh, has an apology from an, another person who really, really needed to apologize. Yes. So this is a classic Real Housewife apology from Roseanne Barr. She apologized because she has lost everything after, obviously, her show got canceled when she compared Valerie Jarrett to um, Planet of the Apes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she says that she didn't know that Valerie was black. as That was part of her apology. Um, I don't buy that <laughs> at all. She also said that there are black people in her family and she feels guilty. 
I would love to see the black people who are in her family. My theory is that she's referring to the Winslows of Family Matters because I just don't buy it. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I feel like I personally am owed an apology for having to think about Roseanne in the first place. If she had watched her initial show, she'd know to treat people with kindness. And clearly all of our favorite 90s stars are problematic and we're only a couple days away from watching Danny Tanner become a war criminal. Mm-hmm. So Everybody's milkshake ducking around here. Exactly. <laughs> leave the 90s in the past, yeah. please. Everybody's milkshake please. ducking. <laughs> but, you know what's, what's interesting about the Roseanne thing? So, like, obviously she, you know, has some very uh, awful opinions and attitudes and should mm. probably never have been given a reboot of her show in the first place. No, no. Because uh, she seems like a very malignant person. Um but secondly, you know, they're they're doing a show, kind of the show, but without her. Yeah, Connors. Uh, the the Connors. Connors. How do you think they're going to explain that Roseanne is not there anymore? I mean, she had to have died. Yeah. <laughs> There's no other way. Um, somebody suggested, I, I think that they should have like a scene where it's shot as though she's dying. Like maybe she's driving a, a, a like a. Her a, Uber. Yeah, she's driving a car off a cliff while yelling the N word, but we never hear the end of it. She's just yelling and it's like, oh, then she's dead. Then you don't feel bad about it. You're I like, hope, yeah, I hope she gets just, it's just, they just replace the wife and no, never acknowledge it. It's like uh-huh. replaced by like Leah Remedy. <laughs> I hope that it's like yeah. a dark skin Roseanne. Yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah like dark skin at Viv. Yeah. I hope that she also just like walks upstairs and like disappears because like, like the people Winslow. have been written out yeah. in many ways everybody can get cut everybody can lose their job we learned that in congress yeah <laughs> it would be Hello? funny it would be funny if they just were like where'd she go we haven't seen her in a while every once in a while in the show yeah, yeah, yeah. and just like hmm. never resolved what happened right what if, well, like is she, she out i was gonna take it to a dark place and say what if she got deported to ireland or something that but... would be pretty funny you know what i think she's she's a fictional character we're talking about a fictional character we're not talking about the real human being roseanne i don't want real human yeah, roseanne to drive off a cliff no i think the fictional character in the show <laughs> speak for yourself <laughs> I wouldn't drive her off a cliff. <laughs> Personally, no. I, on the record, I would never, ever wish ill on any uh, racist. But <laughs> we got to be civil. Right? I, yeah, I'm real civil. <laughs> I civilly wish that you would disappear from my life. Virtually, um, not in reality. Right. So do we? So I'm, I'm assuming, Z-Way, that you do not accept Roseanne's apology. I don't. I, I don't like to waste my breath on this woman. Whatever. <laughs> All right, so that's no. <laughs> there are other stars from the '90s that we could. Rosie O'Donnell's. Who cares? Alyssa, you've got a you've got a, a real soul crusher of a story here. Hello, Walgreens. Um, so <laughs> earlier this week, earlier this week, Nicole Ortega went to a Walgreens. She is a nice lady who uh, was ten weeks pregnant. Went to the doctor. The fetus had no heartbeat and had stopped developing. So instead of doing a sort of traumatic medical procedure. They said that she could take the miscarriage medicine. So she goes to the Walgreens and tries to pick up her prescription, and the pharmacist in front of her seven-year-old and the five people standing behind her uh, says, I morally, I disagree with this. I will not fill this prescription. Um, And the two pharmacists behind him did not step up. So according to Walgreens policy, this is acceptable that pharmacists can, on moral grounds, not, you know, fill fill a prescription. Okay, so first of all, so (laughs) many things about this. So to get to the end, and then I'll go back to my commentary, Walgreens (laughs) comes out, she files a complaint, she calls the manager, and the story gets into the the Arizona papers, and Walgreens (laughs) Walgreens says, we are looking into the matter to ensure our customers' needs are handled. That was their apology. 
So let's go back first. Fine. If your policy is that the pharmacists cannot can 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 say they will not fill a prescription, can refuse to fill a prescription, here's what the man could have done. He could have seen what her prescription was for. He could have, without saying anything, gone to one of the other two pharmacists and say, will you take care of her? Instead, he made a spectacle, okay? And so that is not fucking acceptable. Totally. And the other two should have filled it. She ended up having to go to another pharmacy that was out of her way to pick up her prescription where there was no issue and she picked it up there. But that's the problem. Mm-hmm. Also, let's let's revisit the fact that this woman was going through a horrible, horrible trauma. Thing. Yes, yes. completely. Miscarriage. Well, miscarriages are actually – so I miscarried in November – Miscarriages oh. are very common, so I want to destigmatize that immediately. Yes. But yes. the thing is, you can go into sepsis if you don't if the fetus yes. doesn't leave your body. So instead, so on his moral ground, he's basically forcing this woman to go into sepsis. Yes, which means your body turns toxic and that you can become violently ill. So I think that I totally understand her rationale. And even if there was no rationale of her wanting to do this at home versus going to get yep. a medical procedure, but I've had I've dealt with this in Louisiana where there's a whole long line of people like you know waiting in line to buy whatever at the pharmacy and you want to get your birth control and the pharmacist is sitting there judging you and it's like where does the shame and power dynamic come in Mm -hmm. which is what we're talking about here when he's making a spectacle versus it being something of a moral quandary Mm -hmm. totally i don't want my life to be in the hands of someone who works at walgreens (laughs) well now that i know that they are not even sorry so they did not really apologize no they so nothing is accepted and i judge them and will avoid walgreens at all costs yeah so will i cbs for for life (laughs) life. cbs or Dwayne reed is that yeah Dwayne Dwayne reed is is walgreens oh no never mind that i'm picking up my birth control from there today and then I'm going to switch it up <laughs> to a more friendly and ethical outlet for medication. Yeah, you medication know, the, outlet. That is a, an important point. Women have a ton of purchasing power mm. and I think that, you know, it's it's hard. Ethical consumption is kind of a fraud. In capitalism, it, don't exist. it doesn't exist. Yeah. But you can make decisions about where you pick up, where you get your prescriptions filled and where you just go buy like a, a two liter bottle of LaCroix or whatever. Like you can choose to not go to places totally. that allow their employees to do this. But the issue is there is no moral objection for a man ordering Viagra, right? Like, if he shows up with, like, a Ugh. 18-year-old side piece, his wife is in the car, yeah. like, you're not going to be like, oh, well, I have a moral... Cord. I would, I would, because I don't think men that old should fuck. Well, now I would. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I just, I'm just kidding. Oh, think, we're going to get sued no, by that, ageist men's no, rights activists. Oh, I, I love 89-year-olds. I, I love think one. everybody, everybody, <laughs> I think everybody should have sex when they want with a with enthusiastic, with consent, consenting with partner. Right, with an enthusiastically consenting partner. Uh, I'm just kidding about the old men needing Viagra thing. But I do think that that's an important point because there is legal precedent in America that allows people to to issue moral objection to things, but only as they pertain to women's birth control. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like the Hobby yeah. Lobby Supreme Court ruling mm-hmm. narrowly applied to bosses being able to only morally object to reproductive care. Totally. They're not able to morally object to blood transfusions or other things that, that certain religions might disapprove of. I saw that Walgreens story and I was so surprised. I didn't know that you could just say, hey, I'm not going to give you this miscarriage medicine. I didn't know right. that. Well, here's the thing. it's The miscarriage medicine is the same medicine that's used for at home, like an abortion, mm-hmm. mm. that you can take er- You can take it early in a pregnancy to terminate it. Essentially it essentially induces a period. Yeah. 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 
Yeah. So it's, but it's used for other things besides abortion as we, you know, if, if you didn't know that already, now mm. you know because, you know, this is what this woman was getting it for. So this man, I'm sure, thought he was interfering with an abortion and yes. what a fucking idiot. Yep. How, he should be humiliated. He but should he's be, not. But that's the thing. He's not. Not. The it really demonstrates that the people who are, you know, calling out these like moral crises, they don't actually care about the people affected. They don't actually care about this woman's life. If he did, he would have asked questions. He would have gotten context. And I really feel that if you care about somebody, if you care about providing the care, you will trust them and their doctor to know what is right for them Mm -hmm. and you will act accordingly. But to him, women aren't valuable, clearly. Yeah. He doesn't care if she lives or dies. One thing though I want to add though, like conscientious like conscience clauses are mm-hmm. a real thing. Totally. Like in a lot of states, and I'm not sure how oh, it applies. in Louisiana, you yeah. can't have uh, an apartment if your landlord decides that you're gay and that they can't, within their conscience, mm-hmm. rent to gay people. You can get kicked out. Yeah, Same thing I mean, with working at a school. It's it's really egregious and it's happening. Like people totally. need to, to pay attention to this sort of thing because uh, conscientious, like uh, giving people the right to object to provide medical care for people is something that's enshrined in, in some laws mm. uh, where it's okay for like if you're a woman, I mean in, 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 uh, in Ireland, a woman died mm. because they wouldn't perform an abortion on her because of you know, it was against the law. They yeah. wouldn't do it. Um, but there are, you know, there are places in the U.S., like a lot of hospitals are controlled by the Catholic Church. Mm-hmm. And you can go needing an emergency abortion and they can refuse to do it for Totally. You. And mm-hmm. you'll just die. Yeah, and you'll just die. So it's just something that I think women uh, and anybody who cares about women or anybody who has ever once grown inside a woman's body, which is literally every human. Literally every everyone. Yeah. Yes. Pay attention to this stuff. This matters. This matters because this is just happening. This is happening to this one woman who's making a big deal out of it now. And she made and a choice. She made mm-hmm. a choice to make a big deal out of it. Mm. I'm sure that there are dozens of women who have been humiliated and decided to remain silent because they didn't want to drag it on further than or didn't have like an opportunity. Yeah, yeah. To, yeah. to speak up. Like when what happened to me in Louisiana with not being able to get my birth control filled and then like having to like scramble like where do I go? Mm-hmm. Um, I can't. I think. I don't care. Maybe it was the Walgreens. I don't know. But um, I didn't have my Twitter platform to drag them exactly. on Twitter. That's like a good point. I didn't have a media contact to reach out to. So I, it, it just alarms me to think about how often this is happening to people who don't have a voice or a place to speak up. Mm-hmm. The only, the thing, the line between you and justice shouldn't be going viral. That shouldn't be the right. only thing that's protecting you and your body. Yeah. That what a, what a dystopian world. Yeah. But it's what we have. For now and we should use it and if something happens and we're yeah. gonna keep talking about it we're gonna keep yeah. talking about it and if something happens to you and you're just like an average citizen something happens and you're like this feels like a violation you should reach out to journalists that you trust there mm-hmm. are they're really easy to get in touch with now find them on twitter just go to your local newspaper they all have tip lines like reach out and make a big fucking deal out yeah. of it yeah because it is a big fucking deal and we will help you make a big fucking deal out of it complaining so. changed the world <laughs> yes <laughs> all right well that's the week and sorry guys Gotta take a break. That was a real fiery one. Real fiery. Real fiery. Guys, can I pee real quick? My bladder's about to burst. (laughs) (laughs) Alyssa. You like to watch new stuff, right? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new, because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. A new season of The Kardashians starring The Kardashians, of course. And Grand Cayman, Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's all new and it's streaming now on Hulu.
Guys, it's been a rough year. It's going to get rougher, and you deserve a little treat for not going insane yet. You could head to the local tiki bar and tell the bartender, do your worst. But we have a better idea for you, which is pick out something from the Crooked store. The store is stocked with tons of new merch. It's perfect for the spring. And classics like the friend of the pod tees that you'll be wearing long after the next administration or the next fascist dictatorship, depending on how things go. Pick up a new tee for the warm weather ahead, a mug that'll remind you to stay involved this election year, or a hat celebrating your favorite pod. Go to crooked.com slash store to shop. Donald Trump can't leave the courtroom, so just to rub it in a little, Pod Save America is going on tour. He's probably asleep right now, but if he were conscious, he'd be so, so jealous. The Democracy or Else tour begins in Brooklyn on June 26th, followed by Boston on June 28th. Then we go to Madison, Phoenix, Ann Arbor, and Philly. See all the tour dates and get your tickets now at crooked.com slash events. And we're back. Hi, everybody. We are in L.A. right now. As you know, this podcast is bi-coastal, which means I have three co-hosts in L.A. and three in New York. You know plenty about me, but I want to take a moment before we get into the rest of the podcast for you to get to know my co-hosts. So they're going to introduce themselves, name, job, and the most trivial thing that they care the most about. So, Megan, why don't you go first? Hey, y'all. I'm Megan Gailey. I am a stand-up comedian and writer, originally from Indianapolis, hence the y'all that I threw out there that everyone rolled their eyes to, I bet. (laughs) Um, Go Colts. Don't at me. I know they're bad. And the hill that I'm willing to die on today is that Daisy Duck has been pushed out of the Disney empire, and I think it's because she's a feminist hero with a purse and heels and a cute little booty to boot. (laughs) <laughs> all right grace how about you go hi grace para here hello 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 hola uh, mexican um <laughs> classic <laughs> la multi-hyphenate over here i'm a host <laughs> i'm a host actress writer and snowflake um and uh, the dumbest hill that i will die on is i firmly believe that the fun song we are young is the worst recorded song in the history of uh humans worse than the macarena which I would listen to for four hours a day, uh, every day for the rest of my life, overhearing <laughs> even the chorus of We Are Young, because it is that uh, horrid. You know, I think every single person has a song that they would want to torture in front of its in, its best friend. Yeah, that's my detention center song. Yeah, yeah. Ooh. <laughs> too soon. Too soon. Too soon. Too soon. Okay, Kieran, what do you got? Uh, my name is Kieran Deal. I am from Boca Raton, Florida, by way of Britain which Yay. I despise. I, hate that. <laughs> I do hate that shitty country. Um, I, um, I'm, a, I'm a comedian and a filmmaker, and um, I think a, a hill that I'm willing to die on is that the spritzer is underrated. Hmm. It's very underrated. It's a way to day drink uh-huh. oh. and get less drunk and hydrate at the same time. It doesn't have to be trashy if you can own your truth. Every single woman in this room <laughs> went, 
Hmm. And did a very like a nod mm-hmm. of affirmation mm-hmm. as soon as Karen stood up for the spritzer. So I think that you're not going to be very lonely on that yeah. spritzer yes. hill. All of our moms like came through in us. We were like, you yeah. know what? It is refreshing. <laughs> it's sensible and fashion forward. <laughs> and you do need to hydrate. Hydration and you, is important. And you can drink more over a longer period of time yeah. and be less drunk. It does like all the things. It's all, uh, my stamina's fucked these days. So I, I'm with you. The I love it. Spritzer is like, like carpooling. It's like session <laughs> wine. You know, like session beer, it's session session wine. It's like a lettuce wrap. That's great. You're like, you're getting it, but not really. I call it part of, I mean, I really do love wine, um, the white woman inside of me. (laughs) Um, But I call it part of my FUPA reduction program because it's like my own, that's like a, my version of a diet, like to make it more fun. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, just stop drinking because like beer and wine bloats you. So it's like, oh. Fupa reduction. It does? <laughs> oh, no, my God. No, no. Go back to Indiana, Megan. It's fine. It's fine. It's just calories. <laughs> All right. We're going to take a quick break. When we're back, deep dive. Hysteria is sponsored by ZipRecruiter. Hey, Blair. Hey. Have you ever tried to hire anybody? I've tried. It's hard, right? It's difficult. It's hard because I think it's harder than dating because when you're dating, if you're using like an app to date. It's like instant marriage. Yeah, right. Because if you're using an app to date, you can just go out with somebody once. And then if it doesn't work, just not hang out with them again. Block their number. Right. Block their number. And see them on the subway like six times for no reason. Yeah, and see them on the subway six times for no reason and pretend you've never met them. Pretend that you're reading a book. Pretend you're not wearing your glasses. That's the old reliable. But when you're hiring somebody, you actually have to keep them around and you have to pay them. So the stakes are pretty high. And it's, uh, it's really important that if you're looking to hire, you find qualified candidates. And the place to find those people is ZipRecruiter.com slash hysteria. ZipRecruiter sends your job to over 100 of the web's leading job boards, but they don't stop there. Doesn't ZipRecruiter sound like a German Zeppelin? It sounds like a balloon that you could travel in Bavaria. I don't, I don't, Bavaria? Yeah. Zeppelins? Yeah. I just, I just like old-timey words. You're from the 1800s. Yeah, I've been sent here. Or Wisconsin. I am from Wisconsin. We do churn our own butter there. Uh, With their powerful matching technology, ZipRecruiter scans thousands of resumes to find people with the right experience and invite them to apply to your job. As applications come in, ZipRecruiter analyzes each one and spotlights the top candidates so you never miss a great match. That's so cool that that's That's really convenient. It's like, hey, this person's a top dog. Yeah, but they can just scan them and figure it out with an algorithm. That's so great. Amazing. ZipRecruiter is so effective that 80% of employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within the first day. That is very fast. One day. That's wild. That's so fast. That's so much. That's so many headaches. That's so much time that you're saving. All through ZipRecruiter. Wow. The zip is because it's fast. I think that's probably it. With results like that, it's no wonder that ZipRecruiter is the highest rated hiring site in America. Well, I mean, it sounds like sounds like it's pretty amazing. Well, it could have been ZipRecruiter because it was a jeans company before and they didn't want to pay for a new domain name. <laughs> it could be. Uh, and right now, my listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash hysteria. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash H-Y-S-T-E-R-I-A. ZipRecruiter.com slash Hysteria. And we're back. So, you know, one of the things that I've noticed is that uh, the Trump administration 
uses that has a lot of women that are that are prominently speaking out for it. Um, Kellyanne Conway was the first female manager of a successful presidential campaign. Sarah Huckabee Sanders, only the third ever female White House press secretary. Kirsten Nielsen, second woman woman to be appointed the Secretary of Homeland Security. Ivanka Trump, probably idling in the corner of the White House like a trapped Roomba at this moment, <laughs> but at least she's got a fancy title. Hope Hicks, you guys remember? Oh, wow. wow. Hope. Mm, it's been a minute. No. Yeah. She in Sports Illustrated. Yeah. <laughs> Hope Hicks. It uh, feels like it's been a thousand years. Uh, she ran the White House press shop, managed to avoid such male Trump word, world gaffes as attempting to interfere with witnesses while being on house arrest or saying womp womp in response to a story of a girl with Down syndrome being separated from her mother at the border. Cool Those times. two things. Male Trump <laughs> acolyte mistakes. Uh, so the women women in the Trump's orbit's main achievements seem to be uh, not screaming racial slurs at a CNN satellite mm. truck, uh, but Trump boosters in the media consistently point to these women as examples of female achievement, and then they try to use any critique of them by feminists and progressives as some kind of evidence of hypocrisy. Um, so... Here's here's my thing. So these women are running interference for an awful administration. And it seems like every time Donald Trump does something awful, uh, that they're pushed into the spotlight, that they're kind of the ones that have to to be the shield. Uh, I wanted to talk to you first, Grace, about mm-hmm. how you've how you've noticed women in Trump world breaking kind of the, the glass ceiling of cruelty. And uh, if you think that's something we're celebrating. Okay, well, a couple, couple things. So first of all, I, I think you mentioned female achievement earlier. I think there's a difference between female achievement and feminist achievement. One of these is progressive and valuable. The other one is just a thing that a human with labia does. So in, as we, I think, continue on this conversation, it's important to remember that just because somebody is a woman does not mean that we need to value their every action. Uh, and I really think we got to get into that as, as women, too. There's a number of ways that, that parlays itself, not just as women, but when we start to talk about the intersectionality question, women coming from different uh, racial backgrounds and sexual backgrounds. But yeah, the question of the kind of glass ceiling, I I don't know, maybe I am just risk averse and don't like the idea of the mess that comes with shattered glass. But I'm starting to think that shattering these glass ceilings is a little bit overrated. It (laughs) seems like we're sort of shattering the bottom of something. Yeah. Like we're in a glass bottom boat and here's Kirsten Nielsen with a hammer like, (laughs) woohoo! And we're like, no, no, no. No, no, no. We need to ride around in that. Yeah. Why are you shattering that? Leave that. (laughs) Uh, Kieran, do you think that there's a problem in different communities that find themselves underrepresented, that they feel like they need to celebrate when finally somebody in the community becomes public-facing or achieves something for better or for worse? Yeah, I mean, that's that's kind of a thing, I think, a long time. Like, I'm an Indian person. You guys can all tell because my face, your eyes. But <laughs> I'm colorblind. Yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> um, the, but it's like, you know, I know like when, when Bobby Jindal got into office or like Nikki Haley got into office, yeah. like Nikki Haley, she's Sikh. I'm a Sikh person. Do you know what I mean? But it's just like... I categorically don't agree with their politics, but I know that for at least for some time, I felt like I felt like among people I knew before there was a ton of representation. It's almost like what you say behind closed doors or in your own community is like you can talk shit or you can say whatever you want to say. And then it's like, but to the public, Mm -hmm. it's like United Front. Mm -hmm. There's only two of us. (laughs) (laughs) Somebody did something. You know what I mean? And it's but that the part of this is about diversification of individuals because like. You can be Indian and also an asshole. You know what I mean? Like these two things, you can be a woman and also terrible. One of the things that I that I also noticed when it comes to like 
Trump stuff. I I had uh, you know a really nice dad, and I have a brother too, and they're both super great. And I think part of the reason why I go through my life so disappointed so <laughs> often is because the men that I grew up with were very good. Yeah, and then I yeah. went into the world, and they're just not. Yeah, yeah, not. And within the Trump world, one thing I've I've kind of noticed is they Donald Trump tries to pretend that making women do the dirty work is the same thing as promoting women. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And it's it's not the same thing as promoting women. Like, Kirsten Nielsen seems like a terrible person. Yeah. Uh, the Secretary of Homeland Security seems like a terrible person. Um, but she's the one that's getting, you know, a couple uh, recently was getting shouted out of a Mexican restaurant. I've never seen video of Jeff Sessions getting shouted out of a Mexican restaurant, although I bet I bet that green salsa is just too hot. <laughs> right. He doesn't go yeah. to Mexican restaurants. No, definitely Yeah. I, one time when I was working at Merrill Lynch, uh, one of my duties was ordering lunch for the office. It was great. Uh, <laughs> and one time a man came up to my desk and was like, are you going to order any more of those wrap things? And I was like, burritos? <gasps> Oh, oh, wow. God. Oh, yes. oh, boy. Yes. I bet Jeff rap Sessions things. is a rap things yeah. guy. For sure. <laughs> I mean, that's but that's the thing. Like, these women are the ones that get most... They get the heat in a way that's deserved, but they're the ones that are thrust into the spotlight. He tends to almost... He's reached a point where he just kind of, like, subs them out, too. Because you're hearing these stories about Huckabee Sanders being like, I don't want to take the heat for the stuff that's going on because I don't, I don't, I don't know if I don't agree. But she's just been like, please don't put me in front of these people, even though it's my job and they're being mean to me. Mm -hmm. And so then he's like, all right, get that other blonde bitch in here. You know, like, he's just like, all right, who do we have on deck? Kellyanne somewhere cleaning up a fire. Like, it's, he just has, like, a Rolodex of, like, give me another woman, give me another woman in a way that you're like, does he just... Just like watching them get yelled at by people on his behalf. Mm-hmm. It is interesting how much armchair psychology Donald Trump invites. Oh yeah, because he's so simple but so yeah. Do we strange. give him? Do we give him too much credit sometimes? Of, I don't like, know. He's meticulous. You know, I was like, I was kind of going to say that too. Like, I think he actually just puts kind of anybody in in the in the line of fire. Yeah. I mean, definitely. It. I think it's more painful for us as women because, at least from my perspective, I would love to be actively championing women in, in politics right now. And I, I, we're able to do that, obviously, with a number of, of progressive candidates and, and progressive people. Part part 2020. Um, but, uh, Jesus, nobody wants that. Um, but 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 I think I think he, like to go back to the armchair psychology thing, I think that's just what he, he kind of does. And there's a lot of women who are willing to take the sword for him. Yeah. So maybe that's a question we have to ask ourselves, too, and ask the women who are getting involved in this administration. Why is it that you are allowing yourself to be taken advantage of like that? What's the end game? What's yeah. the end game? Great question, yeah. yeah. And and what is, yeah, and the objective of the individual. It's like, because if your goal as an individual is is power, mm-hmm. do you know what I mean, is to rise as quickly as possible and to get as visible as possible, as mm-hmm. quickly as possible, like, what are you willing to compromise? Mm-hmm. Are you willing to compromise a sense of morality, a sense of, you know, like, the, the thing that I find fascinating is when people choose to champion things they don't believe mm-hmm. in in service of, like... You know, in service of of their own, you know, their own ambition, their own yeah. ambition. Yeah. That's like, I I mean, I imagine everyone has a conscience, and so I'm like, gosh, that how do how do you how do you sit with that? How do you reconcile that? Yeah. We also don't know if these are jobs that are heavily coveted by anyone else. Like yeah. these exactly. may be the people. Like, exactly. All right. I'll do it. There are yep. people coveting those jobs, though. Those people are going on Fox News and saying inc- insane things yeah. because Fox News is a long audition tape to be a member of the administration. I think with this batch of gals, they do this in sports a lot. They'll someone will have a record and they'll just put an asterisk like 
yeah, Barry Bonds broke the record, but we don't really believe. <laughs> we don't really mm-hmm. like him. or th- And it's like, okay, yeah, Kelly and Conway, you did this, but we're just going to put a little note there to be like, we didn't really like her while she was doing it. <laughs> so it happened, but like, shh. Yeah, I... <sighs> I, I find I, I'm, I find that a lot of times feminists and women who don't call themselves feminists but call themselves other things that are kind of cousins of feminism, <laughs> uh, I think that they sometimes take the bait when we're pushed into a corner by people who are bad faith actors trying to get us to admit that we're hypocritical. Mm-hmm. Because I think that it should be totally fine for women to say, this woman is an asshole. This yeah, woman lies totally. all the time. Uh, Melania Trump, perhaps America's worst lady. These women are bad. It's not sexist to critique a woman. It's sexist to critique somebody because she's a woman. It's sexist to not critique somebody because they're a woman. But mm-hmm. it's not sexist mm-hmm. to lob serious critique at a woman. And I, I'm kind of tired of people who I usually find myself agreeing with backing down. I was thinking today that, you know, Sam B got in trouble for using the word cunt. Mm-hmm. And you know, I, I, and I'm not calling anybody specific a cunt, but why does Say that why does Say that it. word why does that word even exist if we can't use it right now on some of the things that are happening right now and some of the people that are out there in the world right now? Yeah, the British, like my whole family, is from England. So, oh God, we use it very liberally around the dinner table. <laughs> I mean, that's just what. Ah. Cunt something. You know, I think you know. I think Jim Jeffries made that point too. He was yeah. like, "I've been using the word cunt on oh. my late night show for years." His stand up, his stand up was just like he'd be like, "And this cunt, that cunt." You know, yeah. it's like that's the whole. That was pretty much that's the that was. <laughs> he gets he gets was, licensed to do that, yeah. and Sam B didn't. She didn't. She wasn't given that. And now she's think, being heavily policed on TBS. Evidently, I mean, do you think that given kind of the the cushion of the amount of time that's passed between when everybody freaked out about it and she apologized and now, do you think that the original reaction to her saying that was correct or do you think it was overblown? It's it's tough as someone who says cunt all the time. I've written it in <laughs> professional emails before. <laughs> I, I think the timing on it was, there were factors around it yeah. that it's like, it's hard to just take, like, was it bad? Was it good? And it's like, there were factors around it. I also don't like that she apologized because it's like, listen, if we're going to do this, we're going to do it. Yeah. And we have to be ready for X, Y, Z. And then it sort of felt like, oh, now they're all mad at me. And it's like, yeah, they, they're going to be, they don't watch the show, girl. Yeah. You know, like <laughs> they're not tuning in. You you made people mad that were already mad. And, and in that way, I wish she hadn't back down to it but I understand that there's network pressure and all these things that people are forced to do but I wish that that conversation had happened before they decided to say it or not say it. Mm -hmm. Here's what I think. I hate the fact that the president of the free world is weighing in on what a cable news satirist is saying on on a cable network. Uh, That's that's a waste of our administration's time and that's that's a real it's just it's so it is so disheartening and it's not the first time that's happened but it is one of the most recent cases that is just so it's it's awful. I mean and Grace don't you find it kind of rich that this administration is guilty of such atrocities? It's like (laughs) I know that you you were bothered you you were saying before we were recording that you were really, you know, upset about what was happening at the border. Like, yeah. what what do you, do you find a kind of, like, what do you feel about the disconnect between, you know, moral policing of the word cunt and, and the atrocity of separating families? I, I don't know how you can have a platform like our president does to be able to fix some of the atrocities that are happening in our country. Actually, to just prevent them from happening, which is the case with the uh, separation of children and families at the border, and still find time to tweet about Samantha Bee. Uh, that I, I cannot 
for the life of me comprehend those two things. But what it shows to me is just a straight up lack of empathy and a straight, just a, a, a direct path to narcissism that we're seeing. Somebody who is so um, wrapped up in their own self-image and in the own image of their family that they are willing to put aside the actual urgent needs of people in our country mm-hmm. um, to care about something as pithy as the use of the word cunt on their daughter. No one's ever apologized for calling me a cunt. And I think that's where <laughs> some of my bitterness comes to. Sure. There was a guy in a stairwell in college. And it's like, I wasn't even uh. being a feckless cunt. I was just trying to go to my room without getting fingered. And it's like, apologize <laughs> to me. <laughs> that's true. I, the, the people that are that always act the most upset about the word cunt are the ones that are the most offensive in the yeah, way that exactly. they behave. And are being cunts. Yeah. Yeah. The cuntiest of them, yeah. of the cuntiest of the people. Wow, I feel like there's a proverb here. <laughs> uh, like whoever, it's a, like a, whoever smelt it, dealt it thing, yeah. but with calling somebody a cunt. Whoever punts it, cunts it. <laughs> we'll Maybe wor- vice versa. <laughs> <laughs> we'll workshop that one. <laughs> I mean, it's, it, I don't know. I just was thinking about like branding and symbolism and how, um, you know, Trump is upset about people kneeling and performing a symbol. Mm-hmm. And Trump is upset about, uh, about, People are people not respecting the flag, or people are people using the wrong word, and I just I just can't I can't get upset when there's things that are so much more offensive to me. Grace, you mentioned the distraction of using a word like "cunt," yeah, uh, it, directed at a person who's representing an atrocious agenda. Mm-hmm. Um, I almost think that looking back on that was my first reaction to the Sambi thing too. But looking back at it, I almost think that maybe we shouldn't apologize for cunt anymore. No, I almost feel like the next time that happens, I think we should be like, so. I mean, I'm with Megan. I don't think she should have apologized to begin with. And and I think that that you you want to be working with a network and a platform that supports you and that supports your voice. And if that's the by the way, we forget about the fact that she didn't just improv that no, word when she went on camera approved. it was approved so mm-hmm. so yeah. I'm glad that like the network stood behind her but also fucking stand behind your talent stand yeah. behind them and make sure that people know that you support the person who you're putting on on television yeah speaking of approved in advance and this might feel like a million years ago to listeners by the time they're actually hearing this in a week but recently Melania Trump wore a jacket that said I believe I don't care I don't really. I don't care. really. I don't care. really care. Do you? Do you? Mm-hmm. It was a Zara jacket, which she doesn't shop at Zara. <laughs> she doesn't. That's where we shop. That's not for her. <laughs> no, that's a lie. That's lies, lies, lies. She's what? She's gonna be in Laura Ashley next week? No. <laughs> it was also like 106 degrees at the border. What is she doing wearing a jacket? She that's, was at uh, the border visiting. There's children. air conditioning in the plane. No, I stand by that. That's true. <laughs> hey, sometimes it it's cold. very cold in the plane, know, and then you have to is. bring <laughs> extra apparel. They, they do. Say, I, she Karen, didn't even the know. They were like, grab a jacket, Melania. And she goes, okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know I don't speak this English. Was, this was totally incidental. <laughs> well, she couldn't, guys, she's no fashion She plan. couldn't read it. It was on her back. And so she put it on the Melania way. But you know what was crazy to me, in addition to the fact that she was visiting uh, children separating from their, fa- from their families at the border by a Trump policy. Mm-hmm. She was wearing a jacket about not caring. Um, she was using the sleeves of it, which was eerie because Melania never uses the sleeves. She always just perches it <gasps> on her shoulder right. in that rich lady way yeah. where it's like, I won't have to use my arms. <laughs> A way that no one else does. By I the try. Way. I've tried to do it, and I feel so awkward doing yes. it. But I do try. I do try. Oh, I've tried at restaurants, and my friends have been like, "Who do you think you are? 
<laughs> Put your damn sleeves on. That's what I'm doing from now on exclusively. I'm literally going to do it right now. It's it like, also it's defeats the, the purpose way. of the jacket, too, which is just, of course, she's never had to worry about that. It's more like a cape It is more point. like a cape, yeah. right. Her spokeswoman said, stop. There was no, it was a, there's nothing, don't read into it. Mm-hmm. And then Trump tweeted, like, actually, no, she did it on purpose. And it's like, you guys got to sync up. Because yeah. you're... She, the can, spokeswoman is lying. Can I, can I also just say, I it angers me so much that I have to give two shits about what Melania Trump does yeah. or wears or pretends to do. I hate that. That is one of the things that is most irksome about this, about Trump being elected into office, is that we have to care about this woman right. and this family. And the reality is that I don't care. But they are relevant. And they are people whose every action we analyze. And I don't know if you guys feel frustrated by it, too, but it's the very core of it that irks me. Wow. Grace, you're not being very best right now. <laughs> um, I'm not. It, it, but, you know, I don't think she wanted to be part of this either. That's fair. I think fair. that she had yeah. thought that she, you know, I think that she never thought that she'd be the first lady, and now she is. And she, I wonder if, is be best in the same font as the jacket? It looks like it might be in the yeah. same font as the jacket. Maybe she just likes the font. We got to get Dan Brown to like break it down and it's like, is this her being like, I have to <gasps> really leave due care. Yes. <laughs> Must be out of here. Like sh- it's because we do, we're like looking, oh, it, it's, yeah, it's. I don't like when people also are like, don't focus on the jacket. There's obviously this horrible, like, human rights violation. It's like, listen, I have a lot of hate, and it can go to a lot of different places. (laughs) Like, I can be mad about her jacket and furious to the point of tears and heartbroken about the children. I'm capable, and then also still mad at somebody from elementary school. Mm -hmm. I have lots of ranges of things I can be angry about, and I am going to be mad about the jacket because I think it was intentional. In a way, the jacket is just kind of like it's the it's the that the left's version of the the cunt word, though. Do you know what I mean? It's like you said the Very big good point. the bigger yep. issue is the bigger issue is those children. Mm-hmm. But if you're going to the border and like all of the focus is on, it, just, it, it strikes me as a little bit of honestly tacticians. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. If you're going to a border and you're going to detention centers and she's going for the first time and she t- she tweeted out against it and said that she was sad about families being separated and then you wear this jacket, mm-hmm. now that's such an easy it's such an it's easy, easy little sound bite. It's like we've already talked about it for 2 minutes. Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? It's like it's such an easy thing to kind of grasp onto and what does that take attention off of? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's it's cunt. It's cunt. It's, yep. it's 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 liberal it's cunt. It's the cunt. It's, it's the, the cunt of what she could have said. I think yes. that's a really really brilliant point. I think that we are very quick to thank you <laughs> thank you so much Guys, I'll be leaving now fight thank we you so much we were supposed to fight the whole purpose of this oh, we were? was bitches be fighting yeah and we are not fighting cunts be cursing <laughs> well give me another glass of rosé I'll find something <laughs> well we need to take a break and when we come back I'll have what she's having And we're back with the L.A. crew on a segment called I'll Have What She's Having. This is where the women that are part of Hysteria recommend things that women have made, things that women have done, or women that they're very excited about. It doesn't need to be recent, just something a woman did that's that's cool and exciting. Karen, let's start with you. 
Yeah, I just want to plug uh, this filmmaker named Andrea Arnold. Um, her first short film won an Oscar uh, that she ever made. She was a dancer, and then she, her first short film was called Wasp. You can find it on YouTube. It's 17 minutes long. She went on to do a film called Fish Tank and then American Honey. Um, Fish Tank had Michael Fassbender in it and kind of started his career. But Wasp is just such an excellent it's just such an excellent, like, there's the internalization and the externalization of, like, her, you know, you see how challenging it can be as a, a woman to, like, face a series of choices when you're very, very young, but it's done without ever being as inarticulate as I was about those topics in this plug for it. It's really, it's really fantastic. Uh, Grace? Uh, I'm going to be super selfish and plug two. One, one, uh, the first is because I saw a stand-up show recently, uh, a woman named Hannah Gadsby. The absolute best stand-up show I've, I've seen, the, the best hour I've ever seen from uh, anybody. And uh, her special's on Netflix now, so oh, you can great. check her out. Her last name is G-A-D-S-B-Y, Hannah Gadsby. Uh, it's transformative. It's awesome. And then second- It's called Nanette. It's called Nanette. I'm so sorry. Yes, it's called Nanette. Thank you, thank you, thank you. It's awesome. It's just really, really incredible. You guys got to watch it. Uh, I don't know why I emphasize guys. That you guys got to watch it. All people watch it. Um, but I would also like to throw my weight behind Cardi B's "I Like It" as the song of the summer. Okay. I fucking love it. I love that they that he she features uh, Bad Bunny and uh, uh, J Balvin, uh, who are two uh, just Latin reggaeton superstars who are unbelievable. Um, and uh, yeah, song of the summer. You've been lobbying for this for quite some time. I, ha- I have been. I have been. I have been. I'm it's glad true. that you're finally having a platform to <laughs> really tell everybody that this is the song of the summer. I just don't want Cardi B out. She, she needs. She needs so struggling. She's struggling. Yeah. yeah I, I just, mean, there's so many Cardis in her class. There's a Cardi S. There's a Cardi L. <laughs> Too many Cardis. A Cardi Gan. Thank you. Oh. <laughs> Kill yourself. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, I'm uh-huh. going to walk into the sea after this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be right behind you. And, and Grace is going to be like, don't forget about Cardi. Megan, what do you have? I co-signed Nanette Hard. Yes, that was yes. going to be... Um, uh, one and then and then I saw this movie the other night. This is also something that needs no help making money. Incredibles two. Oh yeah, is truly <laughs> is truly feminist. I promise. I thought I was crazy because because and then I did. I was googling and I was like, okay, there's like legitimate articles. The female voices in it are really really. Incredible, and I, and I don't mean like character voices. I mean the plot lines. Violet is going through, you know, trouble with boys, <laughs> but then also coming of age as a superhero. And the star of it, Holly Hunter, who plays Elastigirl, is—it's just—it kind of felt like a feminist Black Panther. Like it was like, okay, cool. This is a movie about women being superheroes and men kind of being sad that they're left behind. More um, importantly, Pixar needs your help. <laughs> So, Pixar and um, Cardi B could help each other, oh, maybe. I, but I'm, I'm more saying it if you were like apprehensive, or mm, if your kids mm. wanted to see it, and you were like, "No, nah, it's really." As I went with a, a girlfriend and then my boyfriend, and we were like, "Get out of here! We don't need <laughs> you." Like, if, I, I felt empowered after it. Oh, I love that. That's great. It's great that that studios have discovered women. <laughs> women. Have money. What? That's crazy. Usually we just have to ask our husbands very nicely. (laughs) Like Judy Jetson at the beginning of the Jetsons when he offers some dollars and she takes the whole wallet. That's so me. (laughs) So me. Except I don't have a husband (laughs) or a robot butler. 
Um, so my recommendation is it's a little bit inside baseball, but I want to throw some shine on the artist who designed the art for Hysteria. She is an independent artist, animator, and activist who lives in LA. Her name is Faye Orlove, and she started a place called Junior, Junior High School? Junior High. I've uh, done a like, show there, and it's pink that's inside. That's hers. Oh, she's great. She's great. <laughs> and she, she, uh, her illustrations kind of remind me. When I was a kid, I had these, like, fashion plates. Did you have those? Oh, you, yes. Yeah. So you, like, yeah. I, so uh-huh. it sort of it has that kind of, like, 80s vibe, but it's very feminist and very inclusive and, and very subversive and beautiful. And you can buy prints on her website, fayorlove.com. And you can visit Junior High here in Los Angeles. And she also has other projects that she's working on. And she's just really amazing. She's partnered with some incredible artists. She's partnered with Mitski, who I am such a stand for. Mm-hmm. Um, and Waxahachie, she's partnered with as well. She's just, she's wonderful. And if you're into art illustration at all, you should check Faye's work out. Okay, ladies, that is all the time that we have for this first episode of Hysteria LA Edition. Uh, we will uh, we'll catch you later, and uh, have a great week. Bye. I need to, I need to sign off. Bye. <laughs> bye, bye, bye. One, two, three, Hysteria. <laughs> Let's not Let's ever fight. do that. <laughs> and this was Hysteria. <laughs> yeah. I'm Erin Ryan. I'm Erin Ryan, and this was Hysteria. <laughs> All right, bye, guys. <laughs>